Welcome to the Legacy and Faith Show featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of the Legacy and Faith Show, Paul Grant. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad that you have tuned in, whether it's by accident or whether it's with intentionality. I'm glad that you found me. Um, Legacy and Faith Show, usually I am talking about how to create biblical estate plans, leaving a legacy for future generations. And today we're going to be concentrating more about the faith part of this. That's why it's called the Legacy and Faith Show, is that uh, we talk about Scripture, we talk about the law, and today we're going to talk more about the Word of God. And I have in a studio with me my pastor, Pastor Brandon Beals, who is the the founder and the lead pastor of Venture Church in Mill Creek. And so, Pastor Brandon, thank you so much for coming in. Hey, it's my pleasure. And this is kind of a continuation from what we did last week. We talked a lot about the parable of the sower and the seed, and I, I just enjoyed the conversation. I think you did as well. And so, I just want to continue in with this specific discussion of the parable of the sower and the seed. And of course, as a quick reminder, we know the story that the, par- that the um, seed is cast out and that some seed hits um, a place that is stony ground, or in other words, it's very trampled on. There's no place for that seed to really gain root and to grow well. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that the, the birds of the air come and pick it off immediately, and we know that that is Satan himself. And so um, so the enemy comes and steals a word, the seed of, of the gospel, uh, that which is intended to grow and mature. Others other seed finds a place in amongst the, the rocks to where it springs up quickly and it is quickly burned off. In other words, there's no depth of soil. So the roots couldn't grab hold and find a stable place. So it springs up quickly. There's joy associated with it. And I call it a quick burst of faith. So in other words, it comes, but yet it quickly moves away. It's kind of like what Peter did. Peter jumped on the water. There was a quick burst of faith and all of a sudden something came around and blah, 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 blah. So, um, but we know that Jesus was there to catch him. And so then the next one is where um, it gets thrown thrown in and there's good soil. So it actually starts to produce something, but also uh, the the weeds grow up with it. So we have this, this, this two-part, this two-part crop. We have good seed growing up and we have weeds growing up. And ultimately, if we don't tend to our garden, those weeds are going to choke us out. We're going to be focused on the ways of this world and it is going to overcome that of which is put into our heart that is intended to produce fruit in our lives. And then we get to the end result, which is the wonder part, which is where if we hold on to that word, we allow it to mature in our hearts and then it produces by faith um, 30, 60, and 100-fold. And then Luke throws in, gosh darn it, Luke, why did you do this? Luke throws in this one word with patience. And so there is a part of this storyline that we must endure, we must hold on. And that word patience means joyful endurance. 
So as we hear the word of God, does it immediately produce joy? Well, if it does, then there is an aspect of faith that is beginning to work in our lives. That's what we want to hold on to. We want to capture that joy. We want to capture that word, but we need to allow it to be mature and to grow into our lives so that it can produce exactly what God has intended for it to produce in our lives. And likewise, um, there's a part of our lives that need to be about ministry. You know, we don't have to search scripture very far to find that we are to be about the Father's business. We are to be about planting the Word of God and the gospel of salvation into other people's lives. I, I'm, I'm sure, Brandon, you find uh, maybe one of the most common questions, as I do as someone who's walked with Christ for quite some time, what is my purpose in life? What am I supposed to do? What am I called to? Well, there are foundational things in Scripture that we are all called to, and we are all called to be a minister of God's Word. We are to be about giving out the Word of God to those around us, where He has placed us. Now, He's placed me to be an attorney, so I have this radio show. Um, there's clients that come in. There's there, I, I, I do uh, ministry inside the church. There's different places where God has placed me, but I am not to be the preacher on stage and to be a pastor. Brandon, God has called you to do that, not me. And so, finding our place it doesn't eliminate that I am to be called to be a giver of the gospel in every circumstance that I am found. So whether you are out there as a Boeing engineer, whether you are a nurse, whether you're a doctor, whether God help you, you're an attorney, a school teacher, it doesn't matter where you have been placed. We are all called to give the word of God. In other words, to give light and hope and direction to a lost um, world to give the hope of the world to those who need it. And so, Brandon, as we kind of turn the corner um, in this parable, talk to people about what are they supposed to be doing in kind of what I have laid out in their everyday lives. How is this scripture applicable? Not just to us as an individual as far as being in God's Word and allowing that to be matured in our lives. But how are we supposed to, in our everyday lives, find those opportunities to give the Word of God away and to be exactly what I, what I said, which is the ministers of life and truth and hope to a dying world? So for you and I, we, we have to apply ourselves in two different ways for the parable of the sower. Uh, there's the application as us personally as followers of Jesus. And we want to make sure that just we are people that have fertile soil that can grow. Um, but then there's also the application where we are also the sower. We're also the ones spreading the seed. And I, I challenge our church with every single one of us, we are to live missional lives. So people say, can you describe your church? And I always describe our churches. Our church is a missional community. The lines that we use all the time is that every single person is called into ministry, uh, but mission is you use your sphere of influence for the cause of Christ. And you described it. I mean, some are engineers at Boeing, some are teachers, some are building houses. And wherever you are, your job is to represent Jesus well, that you are sowing seed wherever it is that you are working. And and I always describe it this way, that our job isn't to 
pick and choose the soil. Like if you'll notice with the sower, the sower is not like going around and evaluating, okay, let me look at this soil and consider if I'm going to throw a seed on it. Let me look here. No, that's rocky. No, that could be thorny. No, there's birds around. What does he do? He just spreads seed. And that is this understanding that our job as followers of Jesus is we represent Jesus well. We look for every opportunity possible we can to share our testimony, share the good news and the hope of Jesus to anyone. Uh, We just look for those opportunities and we kind of trust Jesus with if it plants, takes root and grows. And I think another key thing is we're just a part of someone's journey oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know all of the other people that have talked to this person. We don't know what's going on in their past. And it might be as simple as God has had so many different people cross this person's path by the time we're sitting by them on an airplane. And for example, they look and they say, what does that tattoo mean? Which happens all the time to me. And that is an open book for me to share my testimony because my tattoos share the spiritual journey of my life. And I will do that. And then the next thing you know, the person's asking me about Jesus and we're praying together. And then it didn't have anything to do with me in that moment. It had everything to do with all these other people that had been planting all these seeds for years. But if we all do our little part, uh, amazing things happen. But on the other hand, if we just look for the perfect situation and the perfect person before we ever share anything about Jesus, we'll just never do it. So that's why like our our attitude as the sower is our job is just to spread seed. And I'm, I'm really quick to say, again, if we've learned anything in the last 12 months is spread your seed in a way that honors Jesus. Yeah. Like that makes Jesus look good. I always say that one of the goals of Venture Church is we just want to represent Jesus well. You know, we want people when they think of Venture Church and they think of the Jesus that we serve and follow, they I I want people to think, you know what? I don't know if I consider myself a religious person, but I want to hear more about this Jesus. Yeah, I like what you said is that um you know, one man plants but another man reaps. And so there is a cooperativeness in the body of Christ that sometimes we want to take the credit and start tallying up how many people got saved or didn't get saved. Um, and that's the pinnacle. But yet, I love what you just talked about, is that it takes a cooperative effort. And ultimately, I'm going to stand before Jesus, take off any crown that I have earned, and I'm going to throw it at his feet, because oh, there absolutely. is nothing that I have done that is outside the scope of the cross that I am to receive any glory for anyways. So I describe it this way, and since it's now baseball season, go Mariners. Okay. Uh, I, I actually had, won a game. I Yeah, I think they won a couple now. My... um former pastor, my hero, my mentor, Glenn Bertel, used to describe ministry this way. And he said, this is the relationship that a pastor has with the people in the church. He says, consider it like a baseball game, that um, you have somebody that is the starting pitcher in someone's life. Then you have the middle relievers. And really, my job as the pastor is I'm like the closer. You know, God has uniquely gifted me to close that all these other people have influenced someone and spread the gospel, shared the gospel in a way that teed them up to the point of decision. And God has just uniquely gifted and anointed people like me to when someone's at the point of decision for them to say, you know what? Today, I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus. We yeah. all work together. You need the starting pitcher, you need the middle relievers, and you need the closer. Um, but I'm quick to say that in a game, the most important pitcher 
is the starting pitcher. So it's actually the people that are living their life with these other people being a great relationship, a great example and relationship of Jesus with them, where they're actually being the salt and light on a 24-7 regular day before I ever encounter these people, whether it's at a Sunday service or wherever it is. So that's such an important discussion point, because I think uh, what happens a lot of time, Brandon, is that people uh, maybe take light, what it means to actually invite people to come to church is that we just got out of Easter, and I think statistics, you probably know this far better than I, but if someone was just to ask somebody to come to church, there is a 75 to 80% chance that they will actually follow through and come to church with somebody. Well, I'm not so sure that's just an Easter issue or just a Christmas issue as it is um, maybe an everyday issue. People are seeking to actually have community, and want an invitation. And so a part of our daily living should be being that salt um, of the earth of just saying, come and be with me, come and find a place of fellowship. And maybe that's a part of what you're talking about is that if we can just bring people into the house of God, you and other pastors have been uniquely anointed to say, now I can present the gospel in such a way that the fruit will actually come to pass. Um, and so, so finding our own lanes, understanding where we're supposed to be in the body of Christ so that we can work collectively instead of individually is so very important. We all can't be the preacher, but we can all play our part and play our role to ensure that the body of Christ is built in a unique and full way. Well, we're up against a break. And so, Pastor Brandon, how can people find you? They can find me uh, at our church website. Um, ourventure.church. If you're somebody that utilizes social media, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And my handle is at fightpastor, F-I-G-H-T-P-A-S-T-O-R. And you can find me at legacyandfaith.com if you want more information about what we do at the law office, about building biblical estate plans then head over to LegacyInFaith.com. There's upcoming educational workshops, there's past podcasts, and there's ways to communicate with us. So we'll be right back after this break. Thank you for joining the Legacy in Faith show. Hi, this is Paul Grant with the Legacy in Faith show. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. God's people need to be fully prepared in managing their finances and ensuring that their wealth is properly transferred. It is our passion to bring this knowledge to the body of Christ. If your church would benefit from having a financial and estate session that is biblically based, then I encourage you to reach out to us so that we can help design and implement a specific and strategic session for your church. Or if you are interested in estate planning services, then I likewise encourage you to reach out to us. You can go to LegacyInFaith.com and receive all the information you need. Again, go to LegacyInFaith.com. Many families realize that with the passing of each generation, their family legacy is disappearing and they're feeling regret. To alleviate this heartache, memories worth telling writes their family story, and creates a beautiful heirloom book to preserve their unique history. Go to MemoriesWorthTelling.com to schedule your initial consultation and learn how they can capture your legacy. Once again, that's MemoriesWorthTelling.com. We now return to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant, and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom purposes. 
And we're talking about those kingdom principles and kingdom purposes today. And I'm with Pastor Brandon Beals of Venture Church. And we just got done talking about um, kind of each person playing their, their role in the body of Christ, that we're all uniquely gifted and talented for different areas. Um, talk a little bit more about that, Brandon. How do people find that uniqueness and that and that place so that we can work collectively? So I, I always encourage our church, part of living missionally and every single day of your life is that you're building relationships with people, you're living life with people, and then you're looking for those critical opportunities to make, I, I call it the big ask. And the big ask doesn't need to be do you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Mm. Um, and most people, they feel uncomfortable with that. They don't see the right avenue for that. And I just tell our people, one of the greatest ways that you can live missionally is just invite people to church. Invite people then to Easter. You mentioned the statistics about Easter. Um, 82% of people polled were said, if someone invited me to an Easter service, I would attend. Mm. They were then followed up with this question afterwards. So how many of you were actually invited to an Easter service? 2% of them. So you have this four out of five people say, if you know what, if someone invited me to church and you, you said, I bet that statistic plays out the rest of the year too. It probably does. Uh, it, it is as simple as us inviting people to church and, and, my responsibility, like part of my staff at Ventures responsibilities, we want to create the most – we want to have the most creative avenues we can that make it easy for people to invite people to church. So we call them – we want to provide as many easy friend invite moments as we can. Yeah, and I, I know being a part of Venture that there are some phenomenal opportunities. Uh, actually, one of them that comes to mind is um, is CR. We, there, there's a phenomenal opportunity in CR. Um, and then there's actually a new opportunity um, opening up with the Everett campus um, through uh, Venture Church as well. So uh, can you just briefly talk about CR and then move us into what does what does it mean to have dinner church? Because I think this is a just one of these, again, opportunities to be available and to steer somebody into uh, a place where they can find a home. Yeah. Monday nights, uh, six o'clock, we serve dinner at Celebrate Recovery. And then at seven o'clock, the Celebrate Recovery service begins. But it is just an opportunity for people that have hurts, habits, and hang-ups uh, that want to be around people that will understand them at the same time, will accept them right where they're at with no judgment at all. Uh, the thing that I love so much whenever I attend the CR services is that it's just a place that is just full of humility. Just people are just open and honest, and it is people just like you and I that are there. I'm very proud of our Celebrate Recovery program. Um, we have incredible leadership, and I would encourage people to check it out. Yeah, it's actually one of the largest in the area, if not the largest in yeah. the area. It, it It is a phenomenal opportunity. And so if you have someone in your life that is struggling with any type of addictions, it, um, it needs assistance in the, kind of that that intimate care to get them from point A to point B, 
um, celebrate recovery. What an what an amazing part of Venture Church that we have working there. And then we're opening up another opportunity um, through the Everett campus. And talk to me about what what is Dinner Church? What does that look like? And why is this something that has touched your heart to say this is good for the community? So we looked at the dynamic of the people that we were reaching at our Everett campus. Um, our church building there is off of Wetmore in downtown North Everett. And we just thought there's just a lot of people here that have need. What is a really practical way for us to meet needs of people? And uh, I have many friends that have launched dinner churches. And um, I had had very strong opinions of that because I thought, well, that is a that is I, I, I don't think it is a beginning and an end. But I think it is a great additional mm. uh, missional opportunity that a church could provide. And so I thought, why don't we launch a dinner church? So we launched it. Uh, so, what, so what is dinner church? Dinner church is uh, – for our church, people come Tuesday night at 7 o'clock and they sit down and there's a free dinner that they have together. And there's music that's playing and then one of my pastors comes up and does a – 15 minute version of my message from Sunday. And then we end it with communion. It's from beginning to end one hour long. I call it, um, we're trying to introduce people to us and the gospel. So we want to introduce them to relationship with us. We've been doing it for two months. Um, my expectations were honestly very low and it has blown them away. Nice. Um, it is new people every single week. It is people that, uh, I've never come to church before, and probably my favorite stories that I hear over and over again is people that had come to our church and had gotten saved um, are looking for opportunities to invite family members to something, and this is the safe environment that they've invited those family members to. So you have uh, kids that invite their parents to dinner church, and they kind of like dig the environment, and uh, people invite their friends. I've at Being at some of the dinner churches, I've heard stories where – I was at Target buying something and ran into someone and they said, hey, I'm going to a dinner church here. And the person showed up and said, I was invited to a free dinner here. Is that true? And I I really love it. It's very missional and it's just easy. It's just an easy way to practically live out the gospel and to do the type of things that Jesus would do. And um, and, and with the dinner church, um, not only – is it a great environment? Because it it looks different than walking into a Sunday service, does it not? And so it, it's it's a completely different environment, but yet it, it also gives people at Venture or the body of Christ the opportunity to have a practical expression of serving. And I think that there's um, maybe – Maybe some of the church has lost that, and is that is there a practical way that we can actually be the hands and feet of Jesus without trying to do something on our own? I love the concept of dinner church. I love the concept of giving the body of Christ this opportunity to give away what they have so um, richly and freely been given. I think people are looking for ministry opportunities. So if if there's a believer out there who's looking for that connection, who's looking for a practical way to serve Christ. How does dinner church give them that opportunity? So everyone always desires – they always desire to serve. And most followers of Jesus that are really faithful to church, they have a 
hint of guilt that they're not doing more. Right. But I always call it they're looking for these first serve opportunities. They're like, well, I can't teach a Sunday school class. I can't lead a small group. Uh, I don't want to preach on Sunday morning, lead a kid's class. This is this is an easy serve opportunity. Um, you come, you stand at the door and you say hi to people when they come in or you help serve food that we have catered in or you sit at a table and you just make sure that you're interacting with the people at the table. It's basically just be a neighbor. Yeah. Like it, it's it, if you want to follow Jesus, um, he was said he was asked of all the commandments, which ones are the greatest? And he said, actually, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. But there's another one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. If you want a practical way to really love your neighbor as yourself, this is a really easy way. And this is the way that I have described it to people. Now, if you go to Venture Church, our services, especially at our Mill Creek campus, it's huge. Hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people come. Um, we have thousands of people that watch us online. So everything we do is large. And the dinner church thing is just different. Yeah, and it's so, intimate, isn't it? So I go to it and everybody's like, I wonder how Pastor Brandon felt about it. And I just had fun. Yeah, nice. It was just fun hanging out with people, talking to people, um, answering questions about the gospel. And the conversations around the table are so rich as well. My favorite conversation that I had, it was two dinner churches ago, and I was actually speaking at the dinner church. So I'm sitting down at the table. I'm having this conversation and, you know, naturally went around to, hey, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? And it finally got to me and this guy looks at me and he says, so – what do you do for work? And I was just like, the fact that he doesn't know who I am and right. what I do is my favorite thing ever. And I said, wait one second. <laughs> and then our Everett campus pastor, dinner church pastor, Chris, introduced me and I got up from the table and I shared and came back and sat down. I said, that's what I do. And he's like, oh, you're the pastor. OK, I didn't know. It's my favorite thing ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like uh uh, celebrities walking around and not knowing, uh, you know, running up against somebody who doesn't know who they are. It's actually could be there a real human being for a while. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so this concept of dinner church does multiple things. It, it gives the opportunity for people to serve, um, in a, in a very, natural environment, a way to give the Word of God out, to talk with people, to pray with people, and to really be the hands and feet of Jesus as we've been called to do it in an unintimidating environment, really an environment where people are coming to be served. What a beautiful thing. And then also, um, not only that, but it's a great way to reach the community. And so what what is Venture's um, kind of hope and vision. Yeah, we're running up against the clock. So just real quick, what what is it that we want to do um to the in the Everett area? So our goal is that we would eventually have weekend gatherings. And we did this for Easter was our very first one. We're doing previous services. So dinner church is how we're building relationship and we are determining what the need is and what the desire is. So we had an Easter service and about seventy five people that had been attending dinner church came to our Everett Easter service. We'll do another preview service probably around Mother's Day, another one on Father's Day, and then the hope is in the fall we will transition to – we'll continue to have dinner church, but we will transition to weekend gatherings. I think it is an amazing church plant strategy. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for it as well. I know that you are. Uh, Brandon, if people have been uh, intrigued about Venture Church and the vision that you have for the community, how – can they get in contact with you? You can find us on our church website, ourventure.church. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter, 
My handle is at FightPastor, F-I-G-H-T-P-A-S-T-O-R. And if you'd like to get a hold of me to learn more about what I do as an estate planning attorney, talk about biblical legacies, then you can find me at LegacyInFaith.com. There's past podcasts, there's educational opportunities coming up soon, and there's ways that you can contact me. So head over to LegacyInFaith.com. Pastor Brandon, thank you for coming in these past weeks, and thank you for joining us on the Legacy and Faith Show. Thank you for joining us for the Legacy and Faith Show. You can find more information about the show and Paul Grant at LegacyAndFaith.com. Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.